Blog Talk Radio. This is Mark Grace, and you're listening to Ready to Unload with Cal and Sandpete. Episode number three dot twenty. We are live on five twenty four twelve, and it is a Thursday night. It is nine thirty. It's time for Ready to Unload with Cal and Sam Pete and the Bishop Pop Culture PJ. Welcome to the show, the podcast. We have a ton of sports to talk to you about tonight. Uh, we're going to talk about the Yankees and supposedly for sale. Uh, wait, what? Uh, we're going to talk about the Rangers and the Devils, that fantastic playoff series. We're going to talk about the Metropolitans in action tonight against the Padres, the Friars. Uh, we're going to talk about why Cal does not believe in the Mets. We're going to talk about why uh, I can probably never watch an Islander playoff game as an adult, although there's really no danger of that happening. Uh, we're going to talk about all this jazz. Plus, we're going to t- in the fun load, we're going to talk about Memorial Day weekend, what it means to be American, watch sports and stuff. So, we're going to talk about all this stuff. We may even talk about a little, I don't know. I want to talk to you guys about Saturday Night Live, the people that are leaving. A lot of controversy around that. Sudeikis. I don't know why. I don't know why I got very dramatic with Jason Sudeikis' name right there. I don't know why. It just lended. Uh, anyway, uh, let's get the show on the road. And to do that, let's uh, bring in the co-host. The man who has co-hosted all of these uh, nay, 120 shows we've done of Ready to Unload with Cal and Sam Pete. The Cal in Cal and Sam Pete. Mr. Brian Calniva Calpino. Caliente, he's so hot. So nice. Sweet the bojanel. Brian Calvi, hi, Brian. Has it been that many? Are we up to like 120? I don't know. I don't even know. It's got to be. It's two, it's two and a half years. Whew, when you put it like that. I know, but, and yet... Maron. Um, maron, minkia. <laughs> and yet, it feels like uh, it's been forever since we did a show. I know we just did one last week, and uh, this was a slow week. Yeah, you know, it's it's a weird time of year, too, you know? Like, things are starting to slow down a little bit as the, the lazy, hazy days of summer. Can you sing that? Can you please sing that? I don't know. I don't remember the tune. Oh, lazy, hazy, lazy, lazy days of summer. Yeah, I think that's it. You know who probably knows the tune? Uh, I know who knows the tune. Right, and and can probably sing us thirty-seven other songs about summer. 
including Will Smith's Summertime. Bring him in. The Bishop Pop Culture PJ. The Bishop. The Bish. The Bish. The Bish. There he is. Uh, There he is. Hi, PJ. Oh, yeah. We have the rare uh, pleasure of Ubu working. We use Ubu to video conference program so Brian and I can see each other. So it's like we're in the same room. It's like we're hanging out. You know? But uh, it never works. There he is. Look at him. You're in the dining it's like, room. Well, no, it's, it's like hanging out except everybody has to sit very still. Otherwise you can't see your, your friend's face. <laughs> it's like hanging out but having to stay in frame. <laughs> it's actually pretty annoying when you think about it. It's like it's like hanging out, but we're actually on a USA show. That's right. The boys. <laughs> PJ, why are you dressed like an avant-garde actor? What's with the black T-shirt? I've gone black. Well, because um, I've been I've been working um, in Manhattan a lot, and this Clearly. is just this is just sort of the uniform. It's it's rubbed off on you. You just gotta wear black. Yeah. Cal, are you seeing this? I mean, he looks like he's about to do uh, some sort of... Uh, performance art. Right, performance art theater piece. And, right. and, and I'm, I'm training to be them. a fifth lord, actually. <laughs> I've been in them, guys. I know what they look like. Either right. that or he's a puppeteer. No, no, I'm going to be a fifth lord. I'm going to be Darth Obese. <laughs> now, Darth Obese. Darth Obese. Let him... What you eat? <laughs> Let him. Oh, I don't know. Fry. I. Fry. All right, we're getting. You know what? We're getting right to it. We're getting right to it. Yeah, I did. Time for the big unload. Right at the top of the show. Big unload. This is a sports program, after all. I was hoping you'd find the book in the longer interview. I wanted to read The Great Gatsby before you started. <laughs> All right, it's time for the big one. Peach, we'll talk to you in a minute. Actually, you can stay on, Peach, because you can, you can be a part of this. Because yeah. the, the the, the big unload uh, tonight is all about the uh, the reports that boy we really need to put faders somewhere involved with the studio. It, they here. don't work. It doesn't yeah. matter. They, I've tried them. <laughs> so the, the big unload <laughs> bagging on Blog Talk Radio. How about no, some no, fish- no, 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 no. Well, the, the, it's a hard stop to that song. That's yeah. what's harsh. Yeah. It's as if Big Country has been silenced. <laughs> By by Darth Obese. <laughs> Let them stop playing that 80s song. Forever. And now, young Jedi, you will have dessert. <laughs> so the big the big unload tonight, guys, what I want to get off my chest is a, a story in the New York Papers today uh, by Bill Madden, a very respected, very respected ba- Hall of Fame baseball writer. Am I correct? Yes. 
Hall of Fame baseball writer writes a big story in the Daily News about how the Yankees and the Steinbrenners are thinking about selling the team. That they're they're kicking the tires. Can we use kicking the tires tonight, Cal? I don't see why not. They're kicking the tires on a potential sale of the Yankees. It's but it's weird because you never you never envision the Yankees ever kicking the tires on anything. Well, they're just going buy it. I want to get to that. They're, or it, sell it. Or <laughs> that's right. They just, they just buy the tires. Right. They don't kick them. I want to I I want to get to that because there's this this story has two parts to me. Okay, there's the obvious part about the Yankees actually contemplate or the Steinbrenners actually contemplating selling the Yankees, which I I don't necessarily think is not true. I could see it being true in that they the Dodgers just sold for two billion dollars. Why you know wouldn't you call your accountant and be like, hey, uh, how much are we worth? Just curious. You know, like I could see that, and that leading to scuttlebutt that they're interested in selling the team. But where Madden and Michael O'Keefe, who co-wrote the article with him, took it is another matter that we need to discuss, Bry, because the Daily News is leading the league in anonymous sorcery. Uh, when it comes to- like Harry Potter, that's <laughs> correct. <laughs> but they don't know who's doing it. Somebody's, somebody's doing sorcery at Hogwarts. <laughs> an unnamed, an anonymous sorcerer, but they won't reveal who it is. Right, uh, said that the chick is sleeping with the guy. Um, I had never, I never watched. Are you a Harry Potter guy? I'm not. Good. I'm not. Okay, then we can just move on. We don't even have to tangent. Okay. Um, but Cal, how many, uh, how many times are we going to see this in the daily news? Where really, you take. It seems that the reporter. In this case, uh, Bill Madden. In the other case, Manish Mehta, who covers the Jets, takes a little bit of scuttlebuttery, something that's being bandied about, something that uh, – and then takes it and makes a full-blown story out of it, and then – which includes accusations. Like the big accusations in this one today, Cal, were that uh, – what's his name? Uh, Hal or Hank? I get them confused. One Hal. Of the, one of the Steinbrenner boys. Was never around and doesn't like baseball. Is that right? He doesn't like. Yeah, he, and, he's more of a money. He's more of a money guy. He's right. a finance geek. And Lon Lon Trost went on uh, with Boomer and Carr this morning and said, "Absolutely untrue. Absolutely untrue." Like, well, he, like, why do why are there elements to this story that why does it have to go there with the Daily News? All well, here's the, here's the first. Let's let's address your first point here about their anonymous sources. So the Daily News, Bill Madden and Michael O'Keefe write this article, and here here are the here is who they attribute their information to. The first one, there has been chatter all around the banking and financial industries in the city for a couple of weeks now. One high-level baseball source told the news. All right, so the first attribute is one high-level baseball source. Okay. The second one is all of that will pre- present a very good financial picture. The baseball source said. Okay. A third baseball insider agreed that it is a terrific time for the Steinbrenner family to sell the team. So you've got, uh, you've got a baseball source, you've got another baseball source, and you've got a third baseball insider. Those are your three. You, you've, you've written this whole article, which is essentially turned the city on its ear this morning. Right. And you're, and you're basing it off of 
comments from three anonymous sources. Again. 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 I understand that sources are going to want to protect themselves, and I understand that they're going to request anonymity, and that's – I understand how a reporter works. Yeah, but how But you how know, many I, times can can you run with a story where that's all you got? And And also – it's almost like he's trading – Bill Madden's trading on his respect quotient. You know what I mean? Like he's sort of trading on the fact that like I'm Hall of Famer Bill Madden. You know, that I, I'm, I'm certainly not going to fabricate anything and I'm certainly not going to – I'm not sure – look, I'm not naive enough to think that teams don't lie and reporters don't lie. Okay? Boomer and Carton, they said that this morning. Chris uh, Craig Carton said that this morning. And it was a rare prescient moment for Craig Carton, but he's right. And he said the same thing, and, I, and I'm not even in the sports media as he is, and I totally agree. I'm not stupid enough to think that, that people aren't lying on all fronts, okay? It, it, does it make sense for the Yankees to find out what they're worth? Of course. The Dodgers just sold for $2 billion. The Yankees are obviously a bigger commodity, but to take the story and make it into – it's almost like they connect A and B to get to C, you know, without really there being any fabric or tissue between those. You know, well, it's you know, look at it like a uh, like if you're looking at the three dots, A goes to B and then B goes to C, but A doesn't connect to C to create the circle. <laughs> exactly. It's just it's open. Exactly. Yeah. It, it, oh, it, by the way, I'm sorry. The the other the other uh, source was um, another baseball source familiar with matters involving league's owners. <laughs> that that was source number two. I love some of these sources. You know, Manish Mehta has these too with the Jets. Anonymous Jet. Anonymous Jet is his favorite player. But uh, an unnamed Jet. Unnamed Jet also, who wears number 37, I believe. Right. Um, but also he you know so someone familiar with the person's thinking on a tuesday while he's in the bath right like i mean it's just so ridiculous but a close confidant of whoever that's right one of it, so he didn't say it but a close friend of his said that he might say it right that's how we knew jose reyes was leaving last that's right. last fall if you remember cuz his buddy said he was leaving. a close confidant of the shortstop right that's how San Antonio Holmes. Uh, we we know that he doesn't care about anything. Well, he, is that a friend? A friend of his said that he doesn't care who the quarterback is. That's right. San Antonio just want to play. So let me ask you this question, which was the direct quote, by the way. What was it again? San Antonio just want to play. That's right. I don't know how they how they transcribe that. But <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's hard, hard to, yeah. So. Ask me the question. No, here, here. I, 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 this really, this stuff really pisses me off, and I'm not well, even a Yankee fan. Well, let's talk about this because this ha- we we've just illustrated the amount of times this happens, mm-hmm. especially with the Daily News. Now, one caveat here that we have to we have to remember. It's actually two. Uh, in New York, two caveats. That's going to cost you. Two, well, you know, I've been eating a lot of candy lately. <laughs> See what he did there? Oh, man. Oh, that was awful. I'm going to pretend I didn't see what you did. I'm going to pretend I didn't do that. <laughs> um, Bill Madden of the Daily News was very, very close with George Steinbrenner. Very close. Wrote a book about – actually wrote a very good book about George Steinbrenner. Let's face it. It was awkward. It was a little awkward, but it was a good book. 
but very close. Had a very close relationship with George Steinbrenner. The relationship did not extend so much to the sons, who are the current owners of the team. Doesn't seem like the boys care for him. That's number one. Number two, in New York, you've got two major major tabloids. I'm going to leave the New York Times out of this because they're kind of a reputable paper. So let's go to the tabloids, the Daily News and the New York Post. And it's well known that each paper has, I don't want to say an agenda, but has a, a certain slant towards the two baseball teams in the city. Am I right? Of course. Right? Uh, the Post is more of a Yankee paper. The Daily News is more of a New York Met paper. Okay. Oh, I, relatively speaking. Right. Not in recent years. Not in recent years, but historically, that's how it's Historically, always. absolutely. You're absolutely right. Right. So, you know, so now you have to – Bill Madden, of course, has been around for so long, you have to start reading into the agenda a little bit. And Bill what, Madden is a Yankee writer. He's a, Well, he's a baseball writer. Right, but he was made a baseball writer 20 years ago. The guy's a Yankee writer. He made his bones writing about the Yankees. That's he, made his, he made his legend because he, he was best friends with George Steinbrenner, and George Steinbrenner used to give him every freaking lead. That's true. He's a Yankee writer. He'll always be a Yankee writer. So when you read the story, knowing that he's a Yankee writer, um, and reading all of these anonymous sources, you, got, you wonder, like, do you just take it at face value? Because it's Bill Madden, does his credibility lend itself to the story? You hit the, you hit the nail on the head. You can't. You can't just take it at face value. Yeah, but it's Bill Madden. But there's got to be an agenda there because it's Bill Madden. But if it had been somebody else, if it had been uh, John Smoltz writing <laughs> – Magnificent. Whoever. You know what the greatest thing about John Smoltz is? Hey, look, you brought up the name. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just do this real quick. Okay. You know what our theory about John Smoltz has always been? Uh, that he's part alien? No, that he should have a British dialect. Oh, right. He should always be wearing an ascot. Because he has that beard. He's always had that beard. That's right. And so Dan and Evan and I always wanted him to be like... Right, he conducts his interviews in the locker room. (laughs) With with an ascot and a smoking jacket and a pipe. Right, because of the beard. Simply because of the beard. And and he's he's like, well, it was uh, quite a game today. Quite a match. John, how did you get that that guy out? What did you throw there? It's not so much what I threw, it's what I didn't. <laughs> what is what does that even mean, John? I don't even why don't you tell me what it means? Well, See, we also made him like Sherlock Holmes, like right. apparently. He's a real thinking man's <laughs> athlete. That's right. Did you throw the splitter there? Why don't you tell me what you think I threw? <laughs> splitter, perhaps? Splitter, I don't even know her. No, that's ribald. Um, <laughs> so going, <laughs> going back to the point, if somebody else had written it, if it was uh, uh, David Lennon or something like that. Would anybody have given it a second glance? Or would it all have been just laughed off immediately because the Yankees for sale? That's preposterous. But because Bill Madden wrote it, oh, there might be something there. What do you think? Yes, there's – boy, you hit the nail on the head. Because there's – and I really need a new way of saying you're right on point. How about you're right on point? Because I say hit the nail on the head. I was listening to last week's show, Cal. I say hit the nail on the head. We need a – PJ, we need a sound clip for hit the nail on the head. Like a – Cal. Or something. <laughs> That's not going to get it done. We need a sound clip. Start working on it. Uh, wow. 
awfully demanding for no pay. Um, <laughs> no, but it's still there. Yes, he is. He's uh, he's back in the video chat. Don't you see him? He's uh, he's no. pretending he's pretending he's a tree. I I don't see him. right now. He's in all black and uh, he's he's doing some sort of Kama Sutra. Okay, um, I have Mad Men on the brain. Um, and there was a Harry Krishna in the last episode. Anyway, oh, okay. You 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 are spot on here because. The fact that it is Matt – if this is John Harper that writes this, another baseball columnist for the Daily News, I think it still gets the play that it gets. But because it's Madden, because he's a guy who was close with the Steinbrenners, because he's a Hall of Fame writer, it both – it gets both. It gets the gravitas uh, – or, or the uh, it gets treated with the gravity that it could be for real – because of his relationship with the Steinbrenners and also because of his credibility and, and the fact that he's been a baseball writer since freaking 1950. Um, but it also has to be suspect. You have to hold a closer magnifying glass up to it and say, what is his agenda? Is it because right. the Yankees are playing badly? Is it because, did, did one of the Yankees, uh, one of the Yankees uh, hierarchy ask him to plant the story? To take the the attention away from the team that's performing poorly, you know that could be there. There's so much you have to hold up a, a I think a microscope to it, a magnifying glass, something to look closer, bifocals, <laughs> anything, whatever you may have handy, and look closer at it and say, look, you know, we've been told by Adam Rubin, uh, who writes, uh, you know, for the Mets, uh, writes for ESPN, but wrote for years for a newspaper. That teams plant stories all the time, especially in the Mets. The Mets lead the league in planting stories. And, you know, whether it's to defame a person or or a player that they want to or or spin a positive or negative light on something, players, uh, teams plant stories all the time. But don't forget, you're naive if you don't think that that happens. Yes, I know. I've been told that by Adam Rubin. Right. Very specifically. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, okay, let's take it on face value. Is it preposterous? No. I don't think it is by any means. Of course not. I but, mean, what, but, but why is it a story? Because what what he actually said in the article, the one thing that jumped out at me uh, was the idea that these he, – he made the comparison to the Maras with the Giants. And I thought that was a great comparison because Wellington Mara had groomed – his son, to take over the Giants his whole life. Like, that's what uh, John John Mara, is it John? Yes. That's what John Mara was raised to do. He was raised to take over the family business. And he makes, Madden made the point that Hal, it's not preposterous to think that they might want to sell the team because Hal and Hank were not raised that way. Nor were the sisters, really. You know, they weren't raised to take over the team. So it's not crazy. And and Cal, we're talking about three billion dollars with a B. Three billion dollars. Potentially. That's that's a lot of scratch. Tell you what, that buys a lot of scratch off tickets. <laughs> you know what I mean? That 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 allows for a pretty healthy, good lifestyle for your grandchildren and great grandchildren. Without having the day to day crap of running the team. 
if that's something that they don't want to – that they're not interested in. Wow. Because you're right. You never really – I mean, when George was around, you never heard about the sons. No. Never. I mean, you didn't hear about his sons until he got sick. Right. You know, until the last few years. And maybe they don't want to own a freaking baseball team. Yankees are not. Maybe they also see the writing on the wall. That that, that the, the existing economic model that they exist under is not going to work much longer. You, you can spend $200 million and it gets you a gatangul if the players don't play. Well, and, and that's a, that's an excellent point, Steve, because this comes on the heels of them talking about uh, making sure they reduce their payroll next year and getting under the the luxury tax threshold and and getting under 189 million dollars and stuff like and 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 I think it was Hal again. I get the Hank's the one who like smokes and hangs out, right? Yeah, you like, don't hear like, you don't hear much from Hank anymore. Right, Hal's sort of like Neh. that's Hank. Right, no, that Hal's the geeky one, right? Oh, Hal is the geeky one, yeah. So Hal's like, nah, we must lower the margins. Nah, I'm pushing up my glasses, my imaginary glasses. He's younger, Hal. He's a nerd. <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to classify everybody we talk about tonight in 1987 stereotypes. Just so you guys are <laughs> if you guys are cool with that. That's fine. I'm going to turn the Yankees ownership into a John Hughes movie. If that's okay. Look at this guy. He's a nerd. Look at all the numbers that he's running. What a nerd Hal is. Hank's the jock. He's cool. Who's going to be what? Who's going to be bulky? (laughs) What John Hughes movie was he in? Uh, Beverly Hills Cop. No. But he was not Beverly Hills Cop. He was. But that wasn't the John Hughes movie. Bronson Pinchot. Have to say his probably his best performance. The highlight of his acting career is. Come on, boys. You can say risky business if you want. I was I, I was gonna say Beverly Hills Cop. Nope. True romance. Come on. True romance. True romance. Oh, as the as he the was uh, panicky uh, wannabe coke dealer. Uh, yep. The acting school buddy of. Uh, the awful, awful Michael Rappaport. What? Uh, oh, he stinks. Oh, he just stinks. He's got it, one speed. He's got one lane that he drives in, but I think he does it well. Oh, how does that guy get work? Because you're looking for a Michael Rappaport type. <laughs> like Louis Guzman. You're looking for that type. <laughs> no, Guzman can do all sorts of stuff. No, he can't. Sure, he can. I'll put him in Shakespeare right away. He's been in it. So how do we feel about that? That must have been great. Was he not in uh, Romeo and Juliet? Okay. Was he not one of the gang in Romeo? I, I could be wrong. but One I, of the gang. There you go. Well, I'm not saying give, give him the role of Romeo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you can't you can't possibly before, compare Michael Rappaport and Luis Guzman. It is the East, and Juliet is the sun. <laughs> he just as God would never felt a wound. That's a solid Luis Guzman, by the way. Guzman. Didn't he? Wasn't he a shortstop for the Royals in the 80s? He might have. Might have been. He might have pitched tonight for the Padres. Right. I'm thinking of uh, Juan Guzman. Juan. I get no props for how much Shakespeare I just recited. Terrible. That was impressive. That was impressive. You did 
you did study literature in college for seven years, so. <laughs> I was the Van Wilder of English lit. <laughs> just saying. I just want to throw that out there. But Maybe. yeah, but still impressive. Yes. Um, anyway, Michael Rapaport aside. Bronson Pinchot aside, playing Elliot in True Romance. I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to do this anymore. When he sneezes and he gets the coke all over him. Very, very good. Yes, he's, yes, he's about to blow it. But risky business, too, guys, by the way. Yeah. No, he was in risky yeah. business. So, <laughs> left me cold. I, that, that movie does absolutely nothing for me, by the way. What? Never has. Risky business? Yep. Never a fan. It's all right. I mean, it's not. It's overrated. You want to play the game there. Tremendously overrated. So overrated. But I think it's okay. Do you put it in the 80s echelon? Do you put no, it in no. there? I wouldn't. It's not, right? There are people that do. It's one of the earlier, you know, teens or people who are close to being in their teens being very nude films. That's a good point. <laughs> That's a good point. There is the uh, the train scene that does well for everybody. Yeah, with, Re- with Rebecca DuMonet. Does, does that predate Porky's or does Porky's predate? No, Porky's predates that. Okay, it's awfully close though. You think? I think I think maybe like eighty one, eighty two. Well, Risky Business was, was eighty three, right? I believe. That, that all depends on when all the right moves was. I'm gonna say Risky Business was eighty three. I'm gonna put Porky's at eighty. No. Yes. No, 81 or 82 at the latest. I'm saying Porky's is definitely before 82. Risky Business. 80, it was 82. Yeah. And Risky Business is? Uh, I got it right here. 83. Wow. Yeah, it's fine. Back to back. And the court belly. of Cal's opinion is in session. <laughs> is uh, Darth Obese presiding? It's just... <laughs> now, young Jedi... A Boston cream donut. <laughs> and also, you will die. Oh, Eyes. <laughs> Eventually, from eating this Boston cream donut. <laughs> you will die. Someone help me rise. <laughs> <laughs> what was that piece? Did, didn't I have that whole thing with the emperor or whatever? Or am Saying I thinking... rise? <laughs> right. <laughs> you actually that was a, that was one of the very good ones that you did. Right. That was yeah. uh, <laughs> And now Darth Vader. Rise. <laughs> and now Cake. Rise. <laughs> that's when the right, that's when the uh the third one came out, right? Revenge of the Sith. Yeah. <laughs> and that, that awful scene with Palpatine. Oh. And now young Vader. <laughs> Rise. Man. What a mercurial movie that is. <laughs> oh, I can't I can't talk about how George Lucas pissed all over my childhood. I don't want to talk about it. And it, re- you know what? That's the ultimate it. letdown right there. The, that is the ultimate because, letdown. Because because that movie started to turn into a film and you had a good hour where you were like, Holy crap, this is a movie. The third one. And ended. yeah. And then yeah. ooh. Ooh, the ending. Ooh. He does the whole Frankenstein bit, yeah. <laughs> Terrible. <laughs> Terrible. You look like Frankenstein in Saturday Night Live. Fire, bad. <laughs> That's what it was. It was like Phil Hartman doing Frankenstein. Darth Vader. 
Padme is dead. No! No! <laughs> uh, anyway, okay. back to the back to Hal Steinbrenner and him being a nerd. Um, maybe they don't want the team, Cal. You don't know. And if somebody says to you, hey, guess what? That team that you own, yeah, I know it's the most prestigious jewel in the sporting crown uh, in the United States, is worth $3 billion, free and clear. It's a lot of hoagies. Yeah, well, look, they'd be crazy not to explore the possibility I don't think I don't think that it's an outrageous article. I don't think that, you know stop the presses. The Yankees could be for sale. Yeah. So what? I, I no? think it's. I, I don't even think it's stop the presses. The Yankees. They're could not be for sale. I think it's stop the presses. Uh, don't stop the presses. The Yankees investigated how much they're worth because the Dodgers just sold for two billion dollars. Right. If you're a good businessman and you can, and you see that a commodity similar to yours, went for a certain price, why would you not explore the price? Why would you not explore? Exactly. And you're not, not the company. And you're not George Steinbrenner. You know, your life is not owning that team. That's not all you have right. in your existence. I, I, don't, I don't think there's anything wrong with it. What I do have a problem with is Johnny Anonymous Source, the anonymous sorcery that's going on. Oh, and just real quick, going back to the last point, if the Yankees sell the team, mm-hmm. it's not like you have to worry about an owner coming in and taking the Yankees out of New York. <laughs> right. This is not, uh-oh, I really hope the Steinbrenners don't sell because the Yankees are going to move to, you know, Weehawken. Right. I mean, come on. Yeah, whoever comes in and buys the team is not going to be like, that's it, next stop, Duluth. You know, Yankee fans, they just built a stadium. You're probably – you can put roots down, I think. Yeah, I think you're safe. You've been here for 110 years. I think it's going to so, be okay. You know, if they were if they were going to go anywhere, they would have went to the Meadowlands back in the 80s. Right, which he threatened which to almost, do. Right. He almost did. Right, which George Steinbrenner, bless his heart, threatened to do and threatened the city, held it over the city that we're going to move to New Jersey unless you give me a new stadium. Right. That time they placated him by giving him parking. Uh-huh. And then, and then, in about two thousand and three, he said he started to say it again. So they gave him a new stadium. He did say it a couple of times, didn't he? Which they wholly didn't need. But that's okay. Well, uh, I, I'm tired of the anonymous sorcery. I will tell you that, Cal. It, it, it look, we've been told. I guess I'm saying look too. Listen, look it, look it, <laughs> look it, <laughs> uh, look it, look. Wait, wait, what? Um, we've been told over and over again by any sort of person that we've come into contact with that's in the actual media, uh, which since we've been doing the show over two and a half years, we've had a number of brushes with it, whether it be on Twitter, whether it be on uh, an interview, whatever. We've had a number of brushes where we've been told we don't know any better, that we don't know how these sports reporters have to do their job. We don't know what's involved. We don't we you know, we 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 can't possibly understand what it means to have a source or but you have wanna, a story. You you know what a lot of that is? A lot of that is just is just reporters being so defensive of their jobs which are being marginalized daily. Right, of course. Little by little the reporter is not the be-all and end-all that that he used to be. 
and 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 and, 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 and social media, not with social media people getting press credentials and whatnot. And they're all very touchy about it. They've lost their cachet and they know it. Mm-hmm. And so we're told over and over again, well, you don't know what it's like to do this job. The heartache and misery mm. that is covering a professional sports team for a living and getting paid to go sit at practice and watch. How awful. Terrible. I right. Mean, to, to, very to, tough. Oh, the press conference started 10 minutes late. <laughs> very, my, very difficult. My heart bleeds for you, fella. But – I, I will say that's ridiculous, especially in our particular cases because we both studied journalism in college. But that's fine. <laughs> that well, mean... Journalism has changed quite a bit since then. Uh, it absolutely has. Not for these guys, though, Cal. No, well, no. That's and that's the whole point. Right. But that still does not excuse sacrificing perhaps your agenda. For uh, the sale of papers, you know, I, I mean, I've talked about this a ton with Manesh Mehta and and the New York Daily News and his coverage of the Jets right now, and that he only covers things Tebow related. I mean, he's become a joke. But he's not just become a joke to Jet fans; he's become a joke to other people covering the Jets. I mean, when you're getting made fun of by the beat guy from the Wall Street Journal. <laughs> You know, you, you got a problem, a credibility problem. And this is a guy who wrote two stories back in February where his source could have been the ball boy, for all we know. That the, the team hates Mark Sanchez, and he's been babied, and he gets no respect, and blah, 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 blah. He wrote these stories. He can't wait to cite them every time he writes an article, as I reported back in you know January, whatever. So he continues to go back to him. Dude, let it go. Because I have news for you. You're going to lose access eventually. Anyway. I'll give you I'll, – I'll, I'll go a step further. A guy like Bill Madden, I don't necessarily question. If, he's, if he is attributing an anonymous source, I kind of roll my eyes, but I pretty much believe that he did speak to somebody because he's Bill Madden. Yeah, my my problem, Cal, more with Bill Madden using an anonymous source is that he takes what said anonymous source says and goes to you know La La Land, right? You know, <laughs> like he takes he takes what uh, you know the 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 seat ticket taker you know says about uh, somebody investigating the possibility of selling the team, and he takes it he he presents it as if Lon Trost went out and said they're going to sell the team, right? You know, like when they say a source within the organization, you could be, you could run into the groundskeeper. That's what I'm saying. Like, it could be anybody, you know? Exactly. And, and, and it's one thing to take that and base your whole story on it, which is what Manesh Mehta did. Right. It's another thing to take that like Madden did. Madden has a story there. He doesn't even need the sources. Right. He could have written that story without the sources. He's a columnist. He's not a reporter. Exactly. That's exactly right. He doesn't. He doesn't have to attribute yeah. anybody if he doesn't want to. He can write an opinion piece. But my other point was, a guy like Madden, I believe he's got some credibility and cachet, and and you know he's got a history doing this. A guy like Manish Mehta, he could be making this up for all I know. Trying to make a name for himself. I mean, absolutely. He, he, and I don't. You know, I, I don't a hundred percent believe that when he quotes an anonymous source, that's not him. Just you know, just okay. like they did last year with the, with the Jose Reyes stuff in the New York Post. Right. 
That that's the funny thing about all of this, Cal, is that you expect this from the post. Well, yeah. And the post is, uh, you know, doing its thing. I mean, they hired a guy like like David Off, who, for all his faults, most of them being, you know, bad jokes or punnery, uh, is not a bad writer. You know, he's not a terrible writer. I don't I don't find him to be a rabble rouser. He's, you know, he 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 tries to start. Yeah, he's he's toothless though. I mean, mostly he's toothless. He's the, the, he's the kind of guy I would see at the Daily News. And I would see a guy like Harper, who's just, like, miserable. Right. And mean. <laughs> like the Post. <laughs> I don't know. Do you, you, you ever see him on on the on Daily News Live on John SNL? Harper? Yeah. He's like, it would, it, it would be like if SNL did a parody of a grumpy sports writer. <laughs> right. Like Oscar Madison... You know, it's, that's like that's what he is. He's yeah. got a scowl on. He's always slumped over and yeah. mumbling. He, was, and... he looks like two cents worth of God help us. <laughs> and he just, you know, he just looks like sports. I'm a sports writer. I'm miserable. <laughs> it's a tough life. I don't know why I made him a pirate. But... <laughs> I don't know. Is that, a, is that a pirate? That was half pirate. Sounded like a down and out drunk. Is there? Is there? <laughs> isn't that a pirate? Is what? there a better? By the way, is there a better movie character than Steve the Pirate from Dodgeball? <laughs> I, I, I think it was maybe like two weeks ago. I caught that on like USA or something. That that, that still holds up. Movie's tremendous. Yep. And they had a character who thought he was a pirate. Just out of nowhere, for no reason. And the actor, the actor who played it, I really like. I've seen him in a bunch of stuff. He's a Broadway guy too. He's done a lot of stage stuff. Uh huh. And uh, oh, I can't think of his name. Peach. Is that Alan Tudyk? Yes. Thank you. Yeah, that's right. Uh, is just so committed. Like he's so in it. I think what makes that work is that there's absolutely no backstory to it. <laughs> no. There's no backstory given. Nothing. There's absolutely no backstory for the reason that he acts like a pirate. Right, because it wouldn't matter. He's <laughs> a pirate. Arr. <laughs> I remember Dan, one of our buddies, Dan, telling us that he had seen it and that he's like, you're going to love this. There's a character who's a pirate for no reason. Like it was maybe... Maybe he said it was like maybe my favorite thing I've seen in a movie in like ten years. He's like, because that's something I would do. Like I would just have a character in the movie who thinks he's a pirate. No reason, no reason given. Steve the pirate. Oh, so good, tremendous. And their best player thinks he's a pirate. Well, we don't we don't even know who our best player is yet. <laughs> could be could be him. Could be any one of us. <laughs> I tell you, I tell you, who else in that movie? Stiller is fantastic in that movie. Stiller is good in that, and I don't always in those movies. I don't always love his shtick because it comes off a lot of times as overly shticky. Like not when, yeah, when it's when it it's comes, in, it comes off as like I am the best prepared comedian on this set. That's exactly it. Other than <laughs> like his stuff, he is the best prepared comedian on that set. Okay, great, but we don't always need to see, you know. Right, like other than, but like Zoolander, yeah, Zoolander he kills. I mean, Zoolander he's fantastic. 
And small doses, too. Like Anchorman, he was great. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He was great. I mean, he was on the, on screen for five minutes, and that was it. Yeah. No, I, yeah. No, absolutely. But he pulls it off in Dodgeball. I mean, it's just very, very good. That's such a good movie. By the way, yeah. have you seen the... You've seen the teaser trailer for Anchorman too? No. Yes, no? I have. I, I haven't. Have. Se- I haven't seen the teaser trailer. No, don't get angry with me. Well, just all right. Well, you got to watch it. It's kind of a viral thing. They made two of them, and take a look at it and ask yourself: Were these guys really hammered about six hours before they made this? <laughs> I think the answer is yes. Because they, o- they don't. They're not. They're not visibly drunk. But well, they Rudd all look like bit. they have. They look like they have been through the ringer right before they got. They started to get into makeup. Great, it's, so it's great. fantastic. I can't. I I just hope they get it right because Anchorman is very very good. I'm not worried. You feel very. You feel I've, good. Yeah, and 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 you know me. I'm not confident in anything. I think that's my. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. You you rarely have any Worst sort of confidence. quote ever. <laughs> Brian Calvi, chess club, math club. I'm not confident in anything ever. <laughs> Senior quotes. <laughs> Student council, 9 through 12. President, skeptic society. <laughs> Secretary, student council, 12. Goals College. Quote, I'm not confident in anything ever. <laughs> and of course, in, in his class picture, he's wearing a Met hat. <laughs> With a look of fear. Right. And this is why. <laughs> With a look of fear. <laughs> did, you guys, did you guys ever see, speaking of this, did you guys ever see the National Lampoon's uh, uh, high school yearbook? Oh, years no. ago, yeah. I, I think I, I, I think I owned it. Years yeah, ago. I, I have it too somewhere. Dog-eared copy. Cal, it is. It Good. is. Ugh. I think it's probably from what, like seventy-five, Peach. But yeah, it's, I, I would say it's a mid-seventies. Uh, right, but it's it's Larry Kroger's class. So the guy from Animal House, Tom yeah. Tom, Tom Hulse's character in Animal House. It's his senior yearbook from like 1964, and it is <laughs> that's that a great was, that, that was complete with like all, all the signatures and stuff like that from like all the people or whatever. And one of the one of his classmates was Wingding Weisenheimer. <laughs> <laughs> Harold, I think it's either Harold or Herman Wingding Weisenheimer. <laughs> and he's he throughout the book like he uh they had <laughs> I don't know why I remember this, but throughout the book they had uh, that year, that senior year, they had a guy who was going around campus crapping on things. <laughs> <laughs> and so they called him the mad crapper. How do you remember that? And because these are these are formative comedic moments in my childhood. Whereas reading that when I was like twelve. And so throughout the thing, Wingding Weisenheimer signs Larry Kroger's yearbook and like he'll draw like a little piece of crap like on a specific page and write the mad crapper strikes again <laughs> like, throughout his book <laughs> oh 
so good. I just bought every back issue recently, uh, within a year, uh, of, of National Lampoon. Really? Yeah, it's available on a DVD-ROM. On a DVD-ROM? It's a DVD-ROM, and I had to track it down, but it's they, they scanned in every page of every issue they had. That's fantastic. It's actually not complete, because apparently some issues have just been lost to history. <laughs> really? Yeah, like no one could find whatever, September 72, it was gone. Right. Yeah, Cal, yeah. some of this stuff is, is just, you know, then there's the National Lampoon's Radio Hour and right. things, and I mean just... Yeah, I have all that too. <clears throat> yep. Someday I'm we'll have to... A, I'm a bit of a collector and a hoarder, and uh, I have a problem. <laughs> Darth Obese, a bit of a collector. Little bit. They're going to find me among among the cat carcasses <laughs> and the old the old takeout containers and the lightsabers and the lightsabers. <laughs> Let him size up <laughs> Darth Vader. <laughs> Surprise! Rise. <laughs> it's your birthday. <laughs> Uh, so uh, that that concludes the big unload. Let's move to uh, range. That was Death. one topic. I thought you had more than one thing for the big unload. Not to criticize, but I thought you said. First of all, you said you've already criticized, and, and you did Yankees, and then and then we're done. No, I said there were two parts to it, though. Oh, I see. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It was I about to sell. And and by the way, when someone says not to criticize, they're about to criticize you. Oh, well, that's my goal. Yeah. <laughs> hey, look, hey, look, not to criticize, I'm totally about to criticize you. Right. Well, you soften it so that they won't cut you off. <laughs> well that's done. That's basically what that's for. I got another one for you. When someone sends a friendly reminder, <laughs> friendly about that. And if they have to tell you, just a friendly reminder to uh, submit the $5 for the Girl Scout cookies that you owe. Right. <laughs> they, it's not friendly. They're mad. There are, Give me the there, there Give me the are angry there are angry Girl Scouts at the other end of that friendly reminder. Right. <laughs> Where's my money, man? Give me my money for the cookies, man. It's like the diamond heist in uh usual suspects. Give me the money. <laughs> <laughs> Give me the keys. Alright, can't do that. Um so <laughs> <laughs> on to uh Range's Devils. Cal, I have come to a conclusion. What's that? Last night while watching the Ranger Devil uh, Game 5, fantastic game again, by the way. Yeah, and you were worked up in this game, too. I was worked up. I was I was working the phones uh, like it was the Jerry Lewis telethon. I was texting. Uh, I was going to Rosen Gardens to the tote board. Let's go to Rosen Gardens. How much have we raised? Um, <laughs> is the Jerry Lewis telethon only an us thing? Is it only an East Coast, Northeast Coast thing? No. It's national, right? It's national, but it's based in – well, it's out in Los Angeles. I, th- I thought he was like in Atlantic City. He might have been at one point. We need PJ to look this up. Okay. Um, I came to this conclusion. Uh, if the Islanders are ever to get back to NHL playoff hockey. It was based in Vegas, and there were satellite telethons on the local affiliates. Uh, Channel 9 see, is here. That's why you would see the scroll city by city. Right. Across the bottom. Oh, that makes sense. Now, over Memorial Day, yes? Labor Day. Labor Day. Labor Day. Da. It almost worked. 
I almost, I almost died it all together. <laughs> so close. So I'm watching this game last night, and I am completely into it. Devils Rangers. I'm obviously rooting for the Devils, um, and I, I and I figured that out too, Bri. I have to tell you why. We can talk about the actual game in a couple of minutes, but uh, and what it means for the series Game Six tomorrow night uh, at the Rock in Newark, New Jersey. If the Islanders are ever to play uh, NHL playoff hockey again, I'm not sure I can take it as an adult. I texted that to Scott, and he said, my brother Scott, who's a huge Islander fan, and he said, you know what? I think you're right. I may have a rage stroke. Hmm. It may be dangerous for my health to watch an Islander playoff game. Now, that's how worked up I was getting about a Devils-Rangers playoff game. All right, let's let's backtrack a little bit here. All right. As an adult, you're saying as an adult. That's right. All right, so you're clearly referencing the days of yore when the Islanders were in the playoffs. We were we were younger. We were kids, but we were even older than kids. We were like late teens, early twenties. You got a Brit, yeah, that's right. Like if you want to go to 1993, the run in 93. Yeah, we're not talking about the cup years because okay. they were dominant. I mean, what was the suspense? All right, so that's what you're talking about. I'm talking now. about as a kid but past kiddom. All right, so now the Islanders were in the playoffs as recently as four years ago. That's correct. And how did, how did you handle that? It's very difficult. Really? The I, series against Buffalo. The series against Buffalo. I think... You okay? What was that? Oh six? No eight? No. Oh seven? It could be oh seven. It had to be the oh six oh seven season. Correct. I may have been so into the Mets at that point that I I I remember it being very that they lost that series four games to one. That's right. right. And the one game they stole because DPHO stood on his head and stopped like fifty seven shots. Well, that was the that was also the oh no no that was the year before the next year they made the playoffs on the last day of the season. They won their last four games of the regular season. I think that's the, that's the same year. Do you think it's the same year? Yes. Wade Dublowitz beats the Devils on the last right. day of the season. But that was the, I thought that year they played Ottawa. And they no 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 quickly no I think the Ottawa is um, the last year with Yashin. And Pekka. Well, the point is... They made the playoffs two years that, that, there, right? With with uh, yeah. with yeah, Nolan. Yeah. Yes. The first year, they, they had that ridiculous series against the, the, the Toronto Maple Leafs. I can go back to that series. That was 2002. You were right. an adult. You were, I'm but, a, I was, but I was in Los Angeles. You weren't here. I had to listen to those games online on the radio. All right. Which I did. But I wasn't watching them. All right. Again, though, that's 10 years ago. Yeah, but I drank a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I, can't, I can't do that anymore. I can t- I, well, I can tell you I was here, and I was there. That, you, uh, you went to the games. I went to um, – it was game – the Sean Bates penalty shot game, which oh, would have been game, game five. five. Yeah. The pivotal game five. Game five. No, I think it was game four. I think it was game four. They lost that series in six? Seven. 
they did lose a game seven, but Pekka got hurt with the cheap shot. Thomas, or, uh, Kenny Johnson got the concussion from the cheap shot. Yeah, and it was and it was a brutal, brutal, brutal nasty shooting. back and forth. I mean, not n- nothing even remotely like your typical first round series. No, that was that was uh, a fight to the death. That was a yes. ridiculous fight. And Darcy Tucker with the cheap shots and and uh, it was tough. You're right. It was it it was tough. It was tough, but uh, but it was it was. Well, I guess now if if ten years later, and ten years older, to have to deal with that. Yep. I think you might be onto something. I I don't know. I I mean, obviously, I want to test it. I want the Islanders to get there. It would be nice, but to see it. And and the other thing about those games, Cal, was I was able to go and watch them with people. I mean, I was young. I mean, what did I have to get up for work the next day? Yeah, maybe waiting tables. I mean, it wasn't like I was, uh, you know, working at the missile silo. You know, I could be a little hungover, so I could watch those games with people or go to a bar and watch those games. Yeah, that that tends to make the watching experience easier. I'm thinking of myself next year. Hopefully, the Islanders are in the playoffs. It's eleven o'clock at night, and I'm watching Game Five by myself. Yeah, I know. Texting you guys, trying not to pass out when a when a when a high stick comes up, and they decide not to call it when it draws blood. By the way, that's still a penalty, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Not last yeah. night. Apparently. Well, they missed one. No, but I mean, they <laughs> missed, they, they missed more than one. I'm I'm being kind. Anyway. Hopefully we can find out next year, but let's get to this actual series. Now, Game 6 is tomorrow night. I don't know what you got to watch of last night's game. I've watched a lot of the series, actually. I I watched the entire uh, second and third period last night. Beautiful. I I missed all of the devil goals in the first period. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) It, It came down to two things for me. Lundqvist did not have a good game. I'll say it again and 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 again. Look, you are you are dying for him. Overrated. I know. Now, now, did he not have a good game, or did he not have? I thought he was okay. What I saw, he did not have a good third period. He did not have a good game. Those were Mister Softy softball goals, without a doubt. Okay. Those were ice. Those were ice cream truck goals. No, he did. He didn't have a good game. By his own admission, he didn't have a good game. And and that team and Bill Pito said it when we had him on the show and stuff. That team, if he is not saving their bacon, they don't win. Now, two you know things. What, uh, give him credit for coming back in that game last night. I guess. Give it. You got to give him credit. They scored three goals. They, did they score three goals, Cal, or did were they given three goals? I mean, one of them was. <laughs> One of them was uh, Proust on a on a you know Marty played that Marty because we're boys, Martin 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 Brodeur played that awfully. Okay, the the second one was a kick. I mean, it was a kick. You know, he kicked it into the net, and the third one Brodeur missed, played the puck behind the net, and then was pushed into the goal. I mean, they didn't get a clean goal last night. So uh, yeah, they came back. Not thrilling, but nice. Tight checking game, though, last night. Oh, man. That's one of those games, Brian. Let me ask you a question, then. So you watched it, especially the second and third period. There were four penalties called in that whole game. Yeah. Right? 
four penalties. Was that just a situation where the refs had to let them play because they could have called a penalty every time down the ice? Yeah, I think so. Okay. I think so. And then you and then you run into the situation where what do you call? Because you could right. call could call everything. You go holding on every play. Or you could call nothing. It's that it's that it's it's like the NFL playoffs. You go holding on every play. Now you know, and and in the NHL playoffs, I would prefer a game like that. I would prefer to see let them play. Let them play. There's some questionable non calls, but I'd rather the questionable non calls than the questionable calls that lead to power play goals that could turn the entire series. That's fair. That's my I, opinion. I, I think I just went a little. Look again. I'm rooting against the Rangers, so I don't want to come off as as biased as I am. Okay, it's NHL hockey. Every fan of their team thinks that their team is being completely rooked in every game. Now, with the Islanders, we also know it's a conspiracy theory with the NHL. That's fine. I mean, that's a given. But last night, the one that drove you crazy is the high stick to the face that drew blood. Uh, and I think it was Callahan uh, mm-hmm. for the Rangers. That's not called. Now, that you can't miss that. Can't miss that. That's got to be a penalty. But the problem again, with that is that if you if you call that, that's four minutes. As but it should have been he drew blood. That's the rule. Like we're not talking about a questionable hold here or there. That that's the rule. Right. The rule is if your stick comes up, even if it's inadvertent, and you hit the guy in the face and you draw blood, it's a four minute penalty. I didn't make the rules. Gordy Howe did. <laughs> Toe to Blake made the rules. And Don Cherry. And Don, and Don Cherry. That that would be a fight on every uh, – it's been a chippy series, boy. These teams do not like each other. Well, that's, that's a typical East Coast um, – I mean, look at, the, look at the Flyers and the, and the, and the Penguins. And the Penguins, yep. Played yep. a series like that. The other I night, mean, that's... DeBoer and Tortorella screaming at each other. Yeah. Now, did you watch Tortorella's post-game conference? No. Okay. Last night was the first one I really saw in full. Other than, you know, the other ones I'd seen clips of and heard all the grumbling and rumbling. And I talked about, we talked about it at length last week on the show that, like, I don't think Tortorella owes anybody anything. If his press conferences were what they were like last night, are you kidding? Like, what's the problem? Well, they weren't. That's the whole point. Apparently, he's changed his tune since earlier in the the series. So last night's press conference was effusive. Yes. By comparison. Uh, I didn't. I didn't see it. But from what I understand, I mean, he's still short with these guys. And, someone and spoke to him. He still. He still makes faces when they ask stupid questions. But I think someone got a hold of him. I think. Oh, they someone... had. To, they had to have Cal because if that's if if that's representative of what they were complaining about, oh please, this is the world's smallest violin playing just for the sports writers. <laughs> I'm making a, a very small gesture with my uh, thumb. This is radio, isn't it? Right. Your thumb and your index finger, as if you were playing a tiny violin. A little Stratovarius. This is radio. Ready? Going up the stairs. <laughs> I think that was actually a horse going up the stairs. Did you get wow. why was Yeah, why is he galloping through your, your house? <laughs> we're going to go 1920s radio style. We have to start speaking very fast. Uh, and, and PJ is going to start making all our sound effects. <laughs> Hello, tell me, Brian, did you happen to catch the Kentucky Derby? And here's the pitch on the way. 
Ring, 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 ring. Give me Gramercy 4579. That's me dialing a phone, one of the old phones. I just dialed the one number. Gramercy 4324. 4324. Thank you. I'll hold. Wouldn't Wouldn't it have been great to just make a call on one of those phones once? Just, I'm sorry. I always wanted to do that in a movie. Like I always wanted to, I always wanted to be in a movie. Let's move past that. <laughs> Any movie would have been fine. Specifically, one that had those but phones, though. <laughs> but if I could have been, if I could have been specific, it would have been in a, like an old time movie where I could have made a call on one of those phones, where you didn't say the the number, you said like a letter and then the number. Right. Give me Brubaker three five four five two one. Elwood three Brubaker four five. I'll hold. <laughs> Tell me, Cal. Of course, you had to hold. It took the operator six minutes to connect the car. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> Putting the button, you know, the, the wires yeah, into the, the big switchboard. The cable from one side of the room to the other. Right. <laughs> it's like a big pegboard. I, <laughs> I wouldn't have been able to call you Cal, because I don't know if they had nicknames back then unless you were a boxer. And Shorty. <laughs> sure, that's right. <laughs> you wouldn't have been, it would have been uh, ready to talk about sports with Shorty and Tallboy. <laughs> no. <laughs> Tallboy's a beer. Here's, here's Lefty to talk about the baseball. Ready to talk sports with Shorty and Stretch. Did you, and then, because your your I don't think your name existed then. Say, Red, did you see the ball game last night? I sure did, Shorty. It was it was a humdinger. <laughs> I don't know where these reporters get off. The press is crazy. <laughs> Reminds me of one of my favorite John Lovitz sketch, uh, sketches on Saturday Night Live. Or uh, it, Lovitz plays uh, a movie executive, and Phil Hartman plays like an old-time flyboy movie actor. And Lovitz is doing the, you know, the, the sort of '40s guy, where he's like, "All right," you know, like the, like he does in uh, right. Like he does that well. Yes, plays that guy perfectly. And Hartman, <laughs> he's trying to let Hartman out of his contract. He's trying to tell him he's fired. <laughs> <laughs> and it it sets up. Uh, you know, he's like, oh, the filming's going great or whatever. I've come to let you go, Johnny. We're not making your movies anymore. Well, uh, don't beat around the bush. Tell me where I stand. You're through, Johnny. You'll never work in this town again. Don't beat around the bush. Tell me where I stand. <laughs> I think you stink, and I get a hundred letters a day saying the same. What's the word on the street? <laughs> <laughs> so good. Too old. Uh... Oh, I got to find that sketch. I just love that line. I think you stink, and I get a hundred letters a day saying the same. What's the word on the street? <laughs> What's the word on the street? What's the word on the street? Um, two old school uh, Groundlings guys, original Groundlings. Yes, Hartman and Lovitz. Anyway, uh, back to this uh, this Rangers series. You gonna watch the game tomorrow? I absolutely am. This is game six. This is this is uh, the Devils have a chance to go to the Stanley Cup Finals with this game, um, not unlike 
1994. It's all happening again. Remember? Now, Ranger fans right now are clinging to that. Ranger fans are partying like, like they think it's night. They're turning the clocks back. They're looking at game six at the Meadowlands with the Devils looking to clinch. They've pulled out the Mark Messier New York Post uh, back page with the guarantee. guarantee. Right. Um, they, you know, they re- they really are are clinging to parallels here. And one of the great hockey analysts going today, Joe Micheletti. Yeah. Really does a great job. He was on with Mike Francesa today, and 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 Francesa played that card, of course, <laughs> you know, with the '94 card. Right. Um, and Micheletti said, "Well, you know, it's actually nothing like '94." <laughs> Very he he did it well. He was very polite about it, right? And and I'm sure he's he's heard it ad nauseum that it's it's 94 all over again. But he says it's nothing like 94 because that 94 team with the Rangers they were full of stars. You know they yeah. had they had everybody on that team, and it's a completely different team. And they were they were due. I mean that team was due. That well, team, they had they, that's right. They hadn't won in, in 54 years at that and, point. And and also they were full of veterans, full of stars: Messier, Tikkanen, uh, Richter. You know, the uh, leech. They they were full of and and they had been deep in the playoffs before, right? This team has not. You know, so uh, yeah, I don't think it's I don't think it's anything like that. I think it's going to be a I think it's going to be a good game. I don't I don't I can't see the devil. I can't see the Devils coming out and scoring three goals in the first period like they did last night. No, I don't. I don't think they expected. Right, I don't think they expected to do that anyway, though, Cal. I think it was sort of fluky. Because as I said, they got some bounces and the goals were sort of soft. I mean, you don't expect to get those goals against the King, you know, uh, that quickly. I think I figured out why it's so easy for me to root for the Devil. So, why is that? As I love Brodor, he's good. Oh, what do you what do you make of the comparisons to Mariano with Brodor? Yeah, can you go there? Hmm, I hadn't heard that. Oh no, they, they they had been talking about that about a week ago. Kinky. Um, I like it. I, I like that as a comparison. Forty years old, still playing at the top of his game. Yep. At his best in the playoffs. Always. Games on the line. Um, it's a, it's a fair comparison. The thing about and Rodor, he gets and he does not get the credit that he deserves. No. No. And and to say Mariano doesn't though, I think is a bit of a stretch. Well, Mariano obviously he does. But, well, that's the other thing. I, I mean, I, I said it last week. I said it the week before. I'll say it again. If that guy played for the Rangers, you know, they would have named this, the, the arena after him. And it won three Stanley Cups with the Rangers and stuff. I mean, you would have been talking about him as one of the greatest athletes in New York history. You know, and as it is now, Francesa was doing his top five uh, his top five New York athletes of the 25 years the fan has been on the air. Right. His WFAN started in 1987. This is their 25th anniversary. And uh, so he was doing his top five today. Mm-hmm. Did you hear any of that? I, I only caught the, the callers after it. Take a guess at his top five. His top five, these are New York athletes over the last 25 years. In the history of the fan, as long as we've been on the air, I think I turned him in Boston there a little bit. As long as we've been on the air, okay. Top five. All right. Well, obviously Mariano Rivera. It's going to be on that list. The great Mariano, number two. Uh, Derek Jeter, number one. Of 
course. So Jeter and Mariano, one and two. Yep. Obviously. Yep. Uh, your other three. Yep. Uh, His the four for him were no brainers. Four for him were no brainers. What to him they were no brainers. Yes. Or was Patrick Ewing on that list? He was the controversial five. He did make the list though. Yeah, I think by the end of the show he was out of it. Oh, okay. <laughs> like I think I think he you know people had talked him out of it for like another Yankee. All right. <laughs> I think like they put Pettit there or something. Like that. Did he put Eli Manning on that list? Number three. He did. Two Super Bowl, two Super Bowl MVPs in this town. That's number three. All right, so you got Jeter, Rivera, Eli Manning, yeah, Patrick and you, Ewing. And you know how much I love this list. <laughs> right there. <laughs> With those top three. <laughs> that's, just, uh, that's just line it up. That's my um, all-star team. Okay, so yeah, so Jeter, Rivera, uh, Manning. Eli. Cheetah Rivera was on that one? Cheetah Rivera. Wow. A heck of a dancer. Uh, okay. You want to talk about a dancer? Enormous. Should two, um, okay, two <laughs> moves. Should get you with one. Bink, bink, bink. Should get you with the other. Boom, boom, boom. And away you go. Okay? I mean, there's nothing like it. Uh, let's, let's be honest. There's nothing like it. Okay? I mean, uh, that's all there is to it. Cheetah Rivera. Back after this. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm going to play along here. Did he say Brodeur? He did. Okay. He made Brodeur four. I would never, I would never, if we weren't talking about this, would never have thought he would have went with Brodeur. Yep. And, he, and, he, and he did it begrudgingly. Begrudgingly. Because he's won three Stanley Cups. Yeah, you gotta. And the thing about Brodeur, too, is that he's a great regular season goalie, too. He's good. Cal, he's got the most wins in the history of the NHL. Yeah, he's good. I mean, <laughs> right? Exactly. I I went and looked up uh, Billy Smith's playoff record. Mm-hmm. Regular season record was above pedestrian. I mean, it was certainly good. Right. His playoff record. He's fifty-two games. I'm sorry. He's fifty-six games over five hundred. <laughs> He was 88 and 32 in the playoffs. That's crazy. 88 and 32. You know wow. what Henrik Lundqvist is? <laughs> 26 and 28. You know what Brodeur is? He's got to be about 40 games over. He's about 30. Okay. So, eh, talk to me then. Look. Look, I you you're dying to make this point, and you need the Rangers to lose now so that you can continue making the point that he's not a money goalie. That's right. And he's got. And you know what? I agree with you. Win something. He's he's close to thirty years old at this point, right? He's, I think he's thirty-one. Okay, win something. You're overrated. right. Overrated. He's he's a little overrated. He's good though. I mean, I think I'm think, not taking anything away from him. He's a he's a I think he wonderful gets the goalie. short shift from you. Right? The short shift or shrift? PJ? What is it, PJ? Shrift. Shrift. He gets the short shrift. He gets the Sam Pete short shrift. Shrift? <laughs> Can you say it as a southern gentleman? Shrift. <laughs> I don't know, Forrest. Can you say it as a... Well, that wow. man gets the short shrift. Shrift sandwich. I do declare... 
Shrift salad. <laughs> Shrift parmesan. I did not see a Bubba Gump. Uh, a Bubba. <laughs> What's his last name? Longquist. Bubba. No, Bubba's last name is not Longquist. Oh, I thought you were talking about the king. Bubba Longquist. Bubba Watson. Bubba Wilson. Uh, Bubba Trammell. Bubba. <laughs> Bubba O'Reilly. <laughs> What's his last name, Pete? I don't know. Private Shrift Gump Creole. and Private Shrift. Shrift Sandwich. Shrift Scampi. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, I do declare you you are giving Henrik Lundqvist the short shrift. And the vapors. <laughs> that man does give me the vapors. <laughs> Look, he's overrated. Richard McClanahan. That's <laughs> That is apparently Rue Doc Emmerich and Rue McClanahan <laughs> doing the game. <laughs> oh, there's another shot. Wow, well, I do declare. <laughs> there were... Oh, ma. Um, okay, enough of the Rangers and Devils. I will be watching tomorrow night. It's going to be awesome. I thought the game the other night was... Uh, last night was... was uh, it's just really intense, and playoff hockey is fantastic. And, of course, the Kings are already there. Give me your thought, by the way. Devils, Devils, close it out tomorrow night? What do you think? Oh. All right, come on. Let's go. Come on. No, no. I think the Rangers win tomorrow night. We're gonna we're heading for a game seven Sunday yep. night? Yep. Well, you know what? Bring it on. I, as much as I want the Rangers to lose, I think I want a game seven more. Are oh, you God. sure? Because you rooted for the Capitals. I did. So you did this to us. All right. We're here because of you. We would have been enjoying a nice Devils playoff series. And now we got to sweat. No, I rooted for the Rangers. That's what I'm saying. You said I rooted for the Capitals, and I rooted against the Capitals. Well, you rooted against the Capitals. That's right. Yeah. No, I'm rooting against the Rangers here. I <clears throat> it's too These late. These playoffs though. are keeping me away from my family, you know. <laughs> are you watching the hockey, PJ? I have no choice. I'm working on the Road to the Stanley Cup oh, that's special. Right. <laughs> Did you remember? That's right. I have, I have seen every playoff game from all six cameras in slow motion. Ever. Well, of of this year. Yes. Uh, and so you, you're enjoying the playoff hockey? Let's get a layperson's opinion. Oh, I'm a little bit played out on hockey right now. I don't want to see the ice. <laughs> if I see ice or skates or sticks or pucks, I start to twitch. I see. So that's it. So you're not you're not in, you're not enjoying the playoffs as Brian and I are. Uh, it, yeah, it has a different meaning for me right now. It just means um, more work and the time crunch. In it. Right. In my head. The longer this series goes, the more they call me in. That's yeah. That's not good for you. No. Uh, I mean, you're you're making cash. The cash is a nice. The cash is a nice. But, uh, you know, it's a little much. The hockey is a nice, and the cash is a nice. Yeah. Um, it's special, though. I can't wait. We're definitely going to watch it. I can't wait to watch it. Right. Uh, by the way, the Mets are getting destroyed tonight, Cal. Yeah. Hey, uh, Steve. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. I'm ready. No, what I what I wanted to – I'm not, I'm not even going to go there. With you eight and two, rest of the homestand. But the Padres, <laughs> uh, the the light hitting 
<laughs> uh, second league Padres, they of the four and thirteen record away from Petco Park. Four wins all season. Could be five soon. Uh, they're nine three. Yeah, they put up a nine spot. Nine three, and uh, so it was. You know, our friend Jeremy Hefner. I think the rain delay killed him. It did. Uh, let's be, I'll be fair. It did. It did hurt him, but he did not acquit himself well after the rain. No. And um, then uh, the human gas tank Manny Acosta <laughs> came in and just farted all over the game. And, and you have to wonder if he three. if he actually carries the gas can out with him to the mound, or if he leaves it in the bullpen. Let's just say nobody's smoking around this guy. <laughs> Let me just lighten up a cigarette within 50 feet of Manny Acosta. Oh, he, Pete, go ahead. And he's just got that look on his face, too. Of, yeah, he's you know, defeated. Of an inanimate object. Right. PJ, I wanted to ask you, uh, just talking about uh, the special there, I forgot to ask you this last week. Yes, sir. <clears throat> and this is a good question for both you guys, but uh, but specifically PJ. Is there a sport that HD helps more than hockey? Oh, no. No, absolutely. HD, the HD camera technology, um, pro- finally properly catches uh, the gameplay. It captures the gameplay. Like you just said. Too yeah. dizzyingly fast. Otherwise. Yeah, because you just said you, you've watched every play from every angle and every camera or whatever, yeah. but i got to imagine that they're having a party putting this series together because of the HD. Uh, yeah, Cal. I would, would would you say it's got to be hockey, right? I yeah, I'll I'll agree that it's hockey number one, but not too far behind it. Number two is golf. Oh, now you're just mm. talking crazy. No, I golf in HD is is eminently more watchable. True, it's true. You can see, if, you can see why um, you can see the the role like when, when they're on the putting green. Mm-hmm. If they take a low enough shot, you can really see the, how the how the the land actually lays out, and whether it's hilly or. Um, hmm. I hadn't I, thought of that. Yeah, yeah. no, it, it it. I mean, and, and you got to be a, you have to really like want to watch golf. <laughs> <laughs> yes. If you're watching golf on each, if you're watch, if you put a golf tournament on to watch, and it happens to be in HD, it's a lot better experience than if it were just in standard definition. I'll buy that. You know, Give it ESPN a try. Has, US has launched their 3D network where sometimes you can actually watch golf in 3D. See, now that, now you're talking. In 3D? Yeah. I like yeah it's, it's, a, it's a very limited um, so far, but it it is available and it's becoming more and more available. I would have no desire to watch. I I, I think it would be a short list of sports I would want to watch in 3D. And I, I would Roll definitely. Roller derby. That's correct. I would definitely put golf on there. How about the Belmont? I, th- <laughs> I think the faster moving sports would make me ill. I don't do great with 3D anyway. Like mo- movies and stuff like that. Or being outside, or walking up and down stairs, or. Or people walking climbing, at you. Climbing onto buses, or. How, right. how are you with moving sidewalks in airports? I don't do well with anything. Escalators? I'm a disaster. 
I get I get I get vertigo walking up the three steps to my house. Are you like Calvi? You just have no faith in anything ever. <laughs> I have no faith, no confidence in anything ever, ever. <laughs> Math club. But that illustrates how excited I am for Anchorman Two. HD basketball, not so great. Too much, too much sweat. Too much sway. Too much sweat. Too, too much, much sweat. Pit stains. Yes. Although you really can see what the tattoos say. So that's it. <laughs> also, yeah, this is not a benefit. You can really see what, you know, wh- whose face is on somebody's arm. Mm-hmm. I don't get the – I'm sorry, guys. I don't get the uh, – if we're talking about tattoos and sports and stuff like that. We are. I don't that's get the uh, – I don't get the – the beards and hockey. I don't get the person on your arm. I don't get it. How about the sentence? I like the sentence. Yeah, you're okay with Bible that? Verse? The Bible verse? I'm fine with that. I'm okay with that. The person, nothing I don't much. understand the person's face. Dead or alive. Hmm. Have first you ever... Of, first of all, I think it's very... If it was somebody that's alive, it's very jinxy to me. Yeah. It's very jinxy. <laughs> the cat from uh, Meet the Parents? That's right. <laughs> this is why, like, this is why, like, every I have four tattoos. Everybody assumes when they hear that anybody who knows me really well, that one of them has to be sports. It has to be like the Mets or the Jets or something like that. And I remember when I got my first tattoo. Uh, my first one is on my left ankle. At a time, it was 1994, so tattoos still were not mainstream. No. Wow. Uh, but they were becoming so. I, I'm not some sort of uh, Rosa Parks of uh, <laughs> of uh, body ink. Yeah, of body ink. I'm not, I, I wasn't blazing a trail here. Um, and making was it, it the letters EV on your ankle and a little right. heart. Right. Or, or the alive guy. I know three people that have the alive guy from Pearl Jam. I contemplated getting the stick figure. And I said, you know what? I'll get it, and they'll break up. It's too Blair Witch. No good. Well, Blair, which wasn't out yet, <laughs> but I, was but, I. but that's how super <laughs> fantastic. But that's how I think, though. I'm that superstitious that, like, I'll get that that the the stick figure tattoo and Pearl Jam will break up. Like, I literally said that. Well, and I, and I so you think if you get somebody's face on on your uh, upper arm that you're suddenly putting a mark on that person's head? Something something bad could happen to them. See, they didn't break up. Exactly. And I don't have a Pearl Jam tattoo. The defense rests. <laughs> no, and I always felt that way about my sporting teams. Like if, the, like if I got a Jet tattoo, they would move to Austin the next day. <sighs> As I, I, that's how much of a mush I feel like It reflects very poorly on your own self-esteem. It does. I'm a mush. This is, I mean, you're saying that, that you are such a... A black cloud that if you just if you got involved in Jets iconography, that you'd be dooming the team. That's correct. Everything was fine till Steve got that tattoo. <laughs> that's right. There's that's that's like the old you know the old uh, story about when I got a uh, a Dustin Keller jersey for the Jets, and I called my brother to tell him. He goes, "Well, have you let Dustin Keller know he's going to get hurt this year?" Like, if you call Dustin Keller, like, do you have Jet players calling you up saying, please don't get my jersey? (laughs) (laughs) 
I got a pet. I got a Chad Pennington jersey. Broke his wrist. You are in, Charlie in, Brown, aren't you? In the third preseason game. Can you buy an Eric Smith jersey? <laughs> That's. <laughs> it doesn't work in reverse. No. I know. I know. That's like when the other team is pitching a no hitter. You could say it all you want. It doesn't work. Doesn't work in reverse. It's okay. like uh, you know somebody said. Well, if you don't want the Giants to win, root for them. Because because you're a jinx. Tried that, didn't work. It doesn't work. Then like it, then it was like double reverse jinx. Oh, if you were gonna get, get if you were, okay, if you were gonna get a sports tattoo, Cal, what would you get? <sighs> well, it'd be say it would it would be something Mets. You don't have a tattoo, correct? For certain, I do not. PJ, I know you don't because let's face it. Let's face it, I'm not sitting in that chair without there's, squirming. There's no chance you could sit still for 20 minutes, let no alone way. an hour and a half. I wouldn't let the optometrist put a contact lens in my eye. You think I'm going to sit there for for needles? It's, it's, probably, a, it's probably a good thing you're balding because you wouldn't sit still for a haircut. Ooh. <laughs> Look at this. I was thinking about getting hair plugs, but they'd have to knock me out. That's right. So, Cal. Painful. You're getting a... Uh, let's move right into the fun load. See what I did there? Let's do it. The fun load's supposed to be about Memorial Day <laughs> and how sports weaves into that. But let's talk about let's talk about tattoos. That's the new fun load? That's the new fun load. Program note. I'm changing the fun load. Listen, save five minutes at the end to talk about SNL because I want to mm-hmm. talk about that. Okay. No, we we can do this uh, right quickly. It's an important pop culture moment. You're getting, uh, Cal, you're getting a sports tattoo. What are you getting? Well, first of all, you're going to have to tell my wife. Let- <laughs> and I'm going to leave that job up to you. No problem. I got that. I know how. I know. I know how to talk to her, especially her. You think you do? I'm like De Niro. I'm like De Niro in uh, Goodfellas. I know just what to say. Or. Uh, <laughs> I should say uh, wait, Paul Sorvino in Goodfellas. I'll talk to her, uh, Karen. I know what to say to her, especially her. <laughs> That's how I am with Allison. All right. Well, I've already, let's let's just say I've already talked to her and uh, paved the highway. Yeah, I've got her blessing. That's right. She has signed off on a sports tattoo for you. A sports tattoo. That's correct. You're going to be doing a lot of yard work coming up, but well, hey, I got it done. <laughs> Nothing I'm not doing already. That's right. At least I'll have a tattoo now while I'm doing it. <laughs> so what are you getting? Sports tattoo? Yeah, it's good. Well, it'd be it'd be something. I mean, it would probably be the the classic Met logo. Okay. I think the I, N, the NY or the round. No, Met the round the one. The round okay. one with the skyline. I mean, I I would contemplate. Getting Mr. Met somewhere, but that's creepy. I just, yeah. I mean, I like the guy so much, though. Do you really? So I, I really do. I, yeah. All right. So it would probably be something Met. Could you get Mr. Met like leaning on the logo? How's no, that? no. That's that. See, I'm, I'm also. I would be. I'm a <laughs> like, like Mr. Peanut. <laughs> right. I would give him a monocle. Be the only Mr. Met with a monocle. Right. But the Met logo is like Mr. Peanut's cane. Right. And he's like leaning on it. Yeah. 
Casual. I, I actually kind of like this design. It's not bad. Mr. Peanut is very condescending. <laughs> really is. I never, oh, yeah. I never really thought about it. I mean, he's yeah, he just looks down at everybody. He's a bastard. He's a bit of a bastard. He's an aristocrat. He is an aristocrat. But he's, he's a the peanut. 1%, he's the 1% of snack foods. He is a 1%er. Yeah, he's he really definitely is. not Chester Cheeto. He's in the 99%. He's baked all day. He's, he's hanging out. He's got no job. He's like laying on the couch. <laughs> he's at Zuccotti Park. He's a, he's he's the 99%. Just wow. showered in a month. PJ, Wait, you're a le- Cheeto's wicked now. You're gonna <laughs> you're gonna get a tattoo. What are you getting? Doesn't have to be sports for you. Actually, you know oh. what? I'll, I'll I'll qualify for you. You're getting a music tattoo. Yeah. Uh, going around my arm. Uh, I would I would tattoo Lovely. the wall, of course, uh, with some sort of uh, Pink Floyd the wall, and with some sort of uh, iconic Pink Floydy thing, uh, sort of coming out of the wall. Because, you know, the wall usually explodes and something pops out of it. So I, I'd have that. Nice. So you're going all in on the Pink Floyd. All the way around a series of bricks with a break in the wall and some other thing popping out of it. I haven't decided yet. Maybe the face, the big scary face. You've thought about this. I've, yeah, I've considered it. But, that was, there, was some, there was some forethought there. Yeah, I mean, but I'm a bit of a Mary when it comes to uh, follow through. So you, it's just not happening. Yeah, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't even sit through if someone just wanted to sketch it out in like eyebrow pencil. I wouldn't even sit through that. I'd be gone. <laughs> you have the you have the physical attention span of a uh, a two year old. Well, you you have me on the uh, the uvu right now. You can see me through the cam. How many times have I gotten up and walked away from this show? Eleven. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> And I mean, I've been off coffee for a month, and that that still hasn't like wound me down. I just you're off like coffee. Oh, I'm completely off coffee. Yeah, I haven't had Why? coffee in a, in a month. Why would you do that? Um, it was turning me uh, into battery acid. I had to stop. I had to stop cold I'm, turkey. I don't even know what that means, but uh, all right. What do you mean battery? I was making you nasty. It was. It was. Uh, no, no, no. It, it, it was. It, it, the acid content of the coffee was like literally disintegrating me. From the inside. And I went out. to the doctor and I said, "I have a real acid problem." And she said, "You are having way too much coffee. You must stop the coffee. What are you doing?" <laughs> so I stopped the coffee, and lo and behold, I feel pretty good. <laughs> Pakistani PJ is back. No, no. Come on now. <laughs> So you're saying your doctor is an Indian? I didn't say anything. I just did a voice. <laughs> when he does that impression, we should play like a crowd cheering like the Fonz just walked in. That's right. <laughs> what are you mailing? Yeah. I'm already stealing my mail. Someone's stealing my mail. Oh, I miss, back. I miss Pakistan. Pakistan. I miss Pakistani PJ. Why are um, Americans dancing all over the place? It's 6.20 a.m. Let's check traffic. <laughs> let's, go, let's, let's go to Pakistani PJ and check the traffic. 
Would you be liking a samosa? <laughs> let's, let's go to Jamaican gym and check the traffic. <laughs> <laughs> hey, oh, man. God. It's crowded, man. <laughs> the cars are stopped, man. Um, I got a buttload of reverb for the weatherman. <laughs> <laughs> Eddie Grant. Oi! Um, Cal, all right. So if I'm getting a uh, sports tattoo, because I don't have one. You don't have one, no. No. No, my tattoo. I'm pleased with my tattoos, though. Okay. Uh, after all, these a years. lot about yourself. That's not even remotely true. Do you uh, feel like you need? A, do you feel like you need another one at any point? I'm not confident in anything ever. Do you have one on every limb? Is that how it's distributed? No, I uh, I need to complete the uh, the limage uh, with the right ankle. I have left ankle, left arm, right arm. But not on the bicep, gentlemen. Not on the bicep. No. I have them in the Boba Fett spot. I like to call it. I have them. I have them Boba Fett style up on the top of the arms. That's fine, like shoulder pads. That's correct. Uh, and then I have the one on my neck, like right where my neck meets my back. Yes. Um, I, mean, I, I don't. Have I seen that? I would hope so. I've had it for. I five. guess I, I. I don't even look at you. I don't even know. <laughs> yeah. We we don't look at each other anymore, do we? Right, we don't. We don't. Yeah. It's the, um, more manly just to stare at our shoes when we're talking. <laughs> He's certainly not looking at your back. No. <laughs> and I wore this for you tonight. You're not even looking. <laughs> um, you didn't even notice. But uh, none of my tattoos are sports. I would have to get... Uh, <laughs> I would have to get... I've thought about this quite a bit because I am probably going to get another one, although it won't be sports-related. And I like the I like the sentence thing, Cal. You do. My big desire. There's a, a Kerouac quote. If I could be a touch more pretentious, there's, there's a Kerouac quote that I really like that I wanted to get on my uh, wrist, like on my forearm, mm-hmm. sort of. <laughs> the wife has uh, put the kibosh on that one. Yeah. No good. She doesn't even know what a kibosh is, but she put it. She put it out there. Um, Why? Because I, because it's on the wrist. I, I think it's both placement, and she thinks that the word ones are kind of dumb. Oh, I, I guess. You never asked, did you? I. <laughs> you just kind of let that one. I let it go. Okay. I, I let that one First go. First of all, I think you're doing this wrong. A tattoo is something you just come home with. Hey, babe. <laughs> I'm gonna look at what I got. I got this. No, it's not. It was in like 1957. You came home with an anchor you on your arm. You don't insult now about a tattoo. Of course you do. This is not the drapes. This is you. Yeah, exactly. That's why there's consultation involved. You oh, don't just God. come home with one anymore. You don't go out with the boys, get drunk, and come home with a mom on your ass. Yes, you do. No, you don't. No, you don't get to come home at that point. Oh, God. <laughs> you gotta... So you're going to walk into the tattoo parlor and be like, hey, give me one of those. I ran it by my wife. She said it was swell. You don't have to do that. Weak and watered down. You're obviously bringing in all four of mine are uh, actually three of the four are designs that I brought in. Mm. So they had to take some planning. The one on my that my ankle, the first one I got, I picked out of a book. But I just liked it. I still do to this day. Um, anyway, I would probably get. We still don't know what you'd get. 
I would He's probably, teasing it way too long. We I would go to probably, commercial. I would try to find a way. We'll be right back after this. <laughs> find out what Nothing tattoo Sam Pete's going to get after this. He I would probably, tells the girls on The View <laughs> what kind of tattoo he would get. I would probably find a way to make and it. And later, Gallagher. <laughs> Whoopi tries Creole food. I would probably find a way to get uh, all three of the teams that I like involved. All th- okay. Yeah, I, I'm not putting like, a mix on me. Intersecting, <laughs> intertwined logos or something? Yeah, somehow maybe each team's version of the NY, maybe. Hmm. You know, like the Mets have their version of the interlocking NY and the, the Jets, uh, uh, the Islanders have one that involves the stick. Uh, the hockey stick is is in the Y, and then the Jets the Jets really don't have one though, right? I mean, not not the NY they don't. Well, they have the circular logo that has the NY, and then the Jets is uh, transposed over it. Right. So that's probably what I'd get. Yeah, it's something involving the NY with the team colors. All right. You know what's great? Wesley looks at the NY on my Met hat. And I say, what's this, Wes? And he goes, Mets. Pretty awesome. He knows. I got him. And and he, I think he he must know it by color because I have that Islanders plaque uh-huh. in, in my room, same colors, in uh, my office. And he points up at that and he goes, Mets. And I go, yeah, that's the Mets. I'm not going to quibble with an 18-month-old. That's fine. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Like like Kevin always says about his uh, his two year old his two plus year old hey as far as he knows the Mets are world champions I'm oh. not I'm not I'm not gonna tell him that they're not good right. <laughs> as far as he knows the Mets win every night you know like there's there's no need to tell him that they're not good um all right so that's what I'd get now uh, let's do a little cooking with uh, <laughs> let's make bread pudding with uh, Giada De Laurentiis. <laughs> okay, uh, the other part of the fun load, <clears throat> we'll do it real quick and then we'll go to SNL because I'd rather talk about that. Um, the other part of the fun load, though, Memorial Day this weekend, guys. The Mets have a home game on Monday. I don't know what you guys are planning. Memorial Day is a very big holiday for me. Why so? I, I, I think Labor Day is a fraud. I do. I think I'm, I'm, I'm done with wow. today. Call it something. What do we celebrate? That we work? Oh, boy. Are we going to pat ourselves on the back because we have jobs? I mean, come on now. <laughs> Let's call it something else. Labor Day has run its course. Okay? But Memorial Day is like a real holiday. Like, it's like a day to take your, take the time, reflect on the people that have served, made the ultimate sacrifice for this country in defense of this country, uh, the men and women in the armed forces that have fought in every insurrection for the 200-plus years that this country has been in existence, and to memorialize that and to take a second and look back and say, you know what, I get to sit back and drink a beer and watch a ball game because of these people. You know? Keep going. No? I'm 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 bringing this around to sports 
and the taking for granted of sports. We we've sit here, we have sat here for two and a half years on this show, and sort of like bitched about sports or talked about sports and, and enjoyed it, and it's great. I think this weekend we should take a minute to be thankful that we can do that, and thankful that you we you know tomorrow night we can watch that Ranger game, and on and on on Sunday, and you know we'll watch baseball all weekend, and baseball is part of the fabric of this country. And uh, on Monday, you know, I'll crack a beer and watch them. I may even go on Monday afternoon and watch them play the Phillies. You know, like, we get to do that. I just want to take a second to to sort of say that. I think Memorial Day gets a little – everybody's worried about barbecues and where you're going and what are you doing. And it's a three-day weekend. It's the start of the summer, blah, 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 blah. Big appliance sales. Big appliance. That's right. Never a better time to buy a washer-dryer. There really isn't. Or a snowblower. Yeah. By the way. Listen, my wife got me a snowblower this past uh, fall. Yeah. How'd that go? How much snow did we get this year? Two days. Nothing. Yep. Ugats. Best insurance policy ever. But uh, so anyway, that's my that's my Memorial Day thing. I just want to take a minute to say that. I second that. I think I think you, you said it very well. When you're, I will when you're be ha- spending this weekend editing hockey footage, but I'll be thinking <laughs> of our brave men and women who went before, and and allowed you to be looking at hockey all weekend. Yes, that's right. They keep this country safe for bad television that no one will watch, except Cal and I. <laughs> right. <laughs> all right. So anyway, I'll uh, watch it. Enough with the. I'll watch. I don't even care. Cal, you got all uh, uh, like defensive. Well, this one's I'll good. watch this it. Quality, but you know, I also work on some other, you know, not so quality. <laughs> <laughs> Cal, SNL, That's... talk to me. What about it? You wanted to say. I did. What about it? Did you see? <laughs> did you did, <laughs> did you see it this past Saturday? What the season, the season finale. Did not. Okay. So the rumor. In the la- in the last couple months, was that they were going to lose three top cast members, top players, top players, top Ar- Ar- arguably three of the top five, I would say. Top men. <laughs> top. Top men. Top men. So the guys working on the Ark of the Covenant, right? Got well, it. they yeah, they put Kristen Wiig in a crate and pushed her into a warehouse. Right. <laughs> Such I'm a great not- line. I'm not really a big Kristen Wiig fan. No. But, but you can't deny that she is kind of the, you know, the star of the show at this point. Sure. Okay. So she's she's going to leave Kristen Wiig, Andy Samberg, and Jason Sudeikis also rumored to be leaving. Sure. What they did though on Saturday night was they kind of gave Kristen Wiig a send-off. Right. Not a send-up. Send off, <laughs> right? Um, and and basically every cast member came and 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 said goodbye to them while uh, Arcade Fire played the Rolling Stones song "She's a Rainbow." Uh, and Mick Jagger was host, correct? Mick Jagger was host, yeah. But they they kind of set it up so that the last skit was about a graduating class and how everybody's graduating, but uh, one one particular student is moving on to bigger and better things. And so that that's kind of how they... It was a wink-wink, nod-nod. Yes, Kristen Wiig is leaving, but we haven't announced it. 
Right. But what was weird about it was that the same rumors held true for, for Sandberg and Sudeikis. <laughs> yeah. And they were not acknowledged in the same way. Ah. To the point where when Jason Sudeikis had his moment with Kristen Wiig, he kind of whispered something in her ear, faded to the background, and the next thing you know, he disappeared, and the entire cast was out there but him. Oh, boy. Yeah. So, my question to you... Is who killed Jason Sudeikis? <laughs> is that the <laughs> SNL cliffhanger? That could be the SNL oh. cliffhanger. Right? Who shot oh. JR? Well done. No, seriously. What, what kind of what kind of effect will it have on the show if all three of them are gone come September? <clears throat> I think the biggest loss is Sandberg, because I think the digital shorts put them back on the map. Uh, you know, when he came out with Lazy Sunday and stuff like that. Like I think those put them back. I don't know. What's the sports equivalent there, Cal? The sports equivalent, right? Would that would that have been like uh, you know Bernie Pettit and Jeta all going in the same year? Is this an all star cast? Are they or, well? Are they are are? Can you say that the three of them are leaving at the top of their game, of their uh, SNL game? I think Wig has run her course. I mean, I'm no fan. I think she ran her course a while ago. But will she be successful in movies? That's the real question, isn't it, for the three of them? Well, she doesn't need to be successful at first because she's going to get five just for walking away from the show. Yep, that's right. And because she wrote uh, Bridesmaids. Right. Yeah. You know, no, absolutely. I mean, she's the most set up to be successful. I See, I think Sudeikis would have the most lasting success because he could just kind of play that same role over and over again like he played in Hall Pass. Right. Well, he will play that same role over and over again. He doesn't have much range. That's true. He right. do it. Uh, but see, he did like a he did like a small, artier movie last year or whatever and was supposedly pretty good in it. And I think they all could have solid careers. I don't know if it's wise for Sudeikis to walk away, though. I think they can all have short, bright careers. I don't think any of them have solid careers. Like, there's no Will Ferrell in this group. No. Eh, no. No. Sandberg, I, I, like I said, to me it's a matter of, is it smart to pull away at this point? Like, Sudeikis can keep going and doing the movies that he's doing and still be on Saturday Night Live. Like, it's not keeping him from anything. So, keep the gig at SNL. You know? Like, that's what I don't get. You know I mean, when Will Ferrell left Saturday Night Live, it's because he needed to do bigger movies. He needed the time. Right. You know, maybe that's the case with Wig right now because of the buzz from... Right. Bridesmaids uh, 2 is going to be set in Paris or something ridiculous. Right, exactly. Because she she has a, enough uh, leeway with Bridesmaids or whatever. Sandberg, I mean, if I was Sandberg, I'd stay on that show for the rest of my life. Well, he's, he's in a movie. He's got the Adam Sandler movie coming out. Yes. Well, he wants the Adam Sandler career to come out. Right. <laughs> right. But I, I don't know if he has the chops there. Well, Jimmy Fallon tried it, and he makes a great uh, talk show host now. Yep. So which, he, which he does. I mean, it took him. He does. It took him seven years to find out what he's good at. Because he was in some really. I mean. Right. He was bad. <laughs> he was. He was awful. 
You didn't like taxi. You didn't like taxi or whatever. Taxi cab. Yeah. Uh, I thought it was brilliant. Okay. Uh, brilliantly bad. That's it was awful. awful. I mean, it's terrible. Now, how about the show that tattoo consultant? (laughs) (laughs) How about the show they leave behind, though? The SNL without these guys. They always Uh, they always seem to find somebody to throw them in there. But hey, look, this show has been on for what forty years? You know, thirty-eight years or whatever. Uh, They find a way. I, I mean, I don't. I think with that show, all that's left is to try to find. A couple times a year, try to find a way to be relevant. Well, you they, know, a couple. Have a, they have a presidential election coming up, so correct, which is always in their wheelhouse, and always, you know, does the right thing for them. And and just a couple times a season, try to find a way to be relevant. Bill Hader uh, probably can't wait to be Romney. He, is is Hader going to do it? Well, Sudeikis. Sudeikis does Romney, and the talk is that they're going to at least, they're going to keep him around at least through the election in the to fall. To do that, right, right. But are they going to let Farrow do Obama? Or is and it no, gonna... it's always Armisen? See, that's just that's just stupid. They've established it though. I know, but that's stupid. You have a guy who does him perfectly. I know. Farrow does him perfectly. So you didn't see it this week. Farrow did. A ridiculous Stephen A. Smith. Oh, he's he's. I tell you, if if he can, if they can harness this kid, yeah, he could take over the show. He could take over the show. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he is the closest thing to Eddie Murphy that they've had. You know what his problem is, Cal? Though, how do you take him from just being an impressionist, which he's brilliant at? Right, he can't act and write the material around it. And also, he's got to have the material. That's true. Like you can you can be the greatest impressionist in the world if the skits suck, it's not gonna work. You know that's why Hammond was always used, and, and little did we know he was a nutbag. But Hammond was always used so well because when he would do his Chris Matthews or his Clinton or his whoever, Jesse Jackson, whoever he would do, the sketches were good. Right. Around around him, Sean Connery. Sean Connery. You know, Farrow has to. He has to learn to be good with the material. You know, I go back to that uh, that uh, what was the the movie Denzel did with Chris Pine, and they did a uh, the kid from Star Trek, and they did a spoof of it, and he played Denzel. Yeah, he yeah. And they did a spoof of the commercial or whatever, you know, and it's bigger than the Empire State Building or whatever. Like was like a, the girl's tagline. Uh huh. And he killed Denzel, but it was well written. He could take over the show. He could be the guy. He could. I, the, the scuttlebutt is that Hater is going to be the guy now. I could see that. Did you hear what, what Chris Rock said about the uh, black cast members on SNL? Well, he said it on Marin, right? Yeah. He said it on WTF. Yeah. But, you know, they're, they're there to do black stereotypes yep. or great impressions of other black actors. And it's very yep. rarely you they allow them to uh stretch out and, you know, sort of own their own material. Murphy was the only guy that they let do that. Well yeah, look right. at Keenan Thompson. That's all he does. Yep. Murphy was the only guy they let do that. In fact, Rock talks about why he went to Living Color. 
from Saturday Night Live because he felt like uh, you know he was never going to be able to play his characters on Saturday Night Live. Pointing out that I've been listening to WD, WTF like it's my new religion. Well done. I feel responsible for that. You're 100% responsible for that. I just I can't get enough of it. Good. Should. <laughs> and will. You know what would be great is a uh, a podcast that was like that. If oh, only there were something. Oh, the Mets just gave up another run. Only the Mets. Uh, only the Mets. That's the tattoo you should get. That's it. <laughs> you want to get a sentence? There it is. Three words. Only the Mets. <laughs> and a little guy throwing his hands up. Wouldn't that be? Wouldn't that be? <laughs> wouldn't that be like the most? That would just be the most Met thing to get. Oh, that's great. <laughs> I give up. Only the Mets. Only the Mets. They should change their mascot from Mr. Met to the Mets Mensch. <laughs> Some little dude from Queens. Only the Mets. Yep. I tell you. <laughs> the team is broke. They can't make payroll. Only the Mets. <laughs> uh, well, that's, uh, let's wrap it, boys. Let's wrap it. I don't think, by the way, I don't think Hater can carry the show, and I love Hater. I don't think he's no, a he no, there's, there's, no, he can't carry the show. Well, it, it'll be Hater and Armisen. He's always been, ugh. You don't like Armisen? I love, I love Fred Armisen. Armisen. Do you really? Yeah. Oh, he does certain things very well. I he's love just India such too. a. He's such a. Uh, I haven't watched it. I know. I need to. But he's such a. He's such a role player to me, though, Armisen. He's like that guy off the bench that you have that gets a couple of big pinch hits during the year. You know, maybe maybe wins your ball game here or there. You wouldn't but, start him? But the minute you play him 10, 15 games in a row, he gets exposed. Uh, that's, uh, he's, he's, he's Mike Baxter, you know? Like he's, I, I may not use him as a, as a lead He's Lenny player. Harris. <laughs> did you see what he did on the Live 30 Rock episode, though? Yes. Yes. That completely destroyed Jimmy Fallon. Yes. I mean that was that was so damn was funny. <laughs> I rewound that and watched it like three times. Again though, he's I think on on that show on SNL when he's he's given uh, everyday playing time, he gets expo- he can't hit the curveball. He gets exposed. Wow. Okay. And I think Hater's a nice player. I don't think he's an all star. I don't think he's a. I don't think he's a put the show on his back kind of guy. They need somebody who can go big. A lot of these guys are very quiet players. Right. They need a Farrell. I mean, they need a Will Farrell. They need. Well, a, you, you know who that guy could be? Explode. Bobby Moynihan. Bobby Moynihan. Yeah. He's really good. He's solid. I like. I do like this guy Fieri. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> How much of that, that is, did you do though? Right. That is slam bam flavor. Oh. <laughs> yeah, exactly. How much of that can you do? And and you notice guys, all this stuff is impressions. All the yeah. good stuff we're talking about are impressions. Yeah, you're right. There's not a lot of uh I mean can anybody write a sketch anymore? The Californians was pretty funny. I again I haven't watched it in a really long time. <laughs> But you talk about Sudeikis. Sudeikis and Wig had the, you know, the the douchebag characters. Right. You know? Yeah, babe. What are you doing, babe? 
you know, with the oh my god, I so want to do it. Like the that couple, those, yeah, those were solid. Because the formula is there, you can put them in like situations or whatever where that like I, my favorite one was them buying a Christmas tree. <laughs> yes. So how much for the tree? All right, let's go. You want it, babe? Let's get the tree, babe. Oh my god, I still want that Christmas tree. I don't want it anymore. I don't want it anymore. Okay, when I get it. <laughs> Take a hike. Uh, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but the, it, they don't have that, do they? Uh, they don't really do that anymore. No. It's all impressions. And that's why I don't think Pharaoh can ever, maybe, ever carry the show. Well, this is why Lauren Michaels cleans house, though. Right. Yep. Well, you say that, but Armisen's been there 10 years now. Seth Meyers has been there 11 years. Zedekis has been there 7 years. All three of those guys were 7. He keep, right. Well, he keeps some anchor players. Heater's 7. But, but you know, he, he also, you know, has a long record of believing in new blood. Right. And Myers is head writer, too. Right. Yeah, he's not going to go anywhere. I mean, Myers, they made head writer when Tina Fey left. But the, that's the point, is that the, I think there are people that have been there longer now than, than in years past. Yes, I agree. Like, more people. Right. It used to turn over every five years. Yeah, or you, five years, let's wipe them out. You wouldn't see five cast members there for seven-plus years. Uh, that's right. You know, except we, well, you know what though, Cal? You had Carvey, you had Hartman, you had Nealon, you had Kevin Nealon there for a long time. You had it. I, I just said that like Guy Fieri. You had it. <laughs> no. <laughs> All right, let's wrap it up, boys. Let's wrap, wrap it up. Bacon. All right, wrap it in bacon. <laughs> Darko Beast, thanks again. Darth Vader, Semite, Darth Obese, join the large side. <laughs> Let's wrap it in bacon. Darth Vader, Semite, <laughs> Your role as Darth Vader. Uh, Cal or PJ, final one of Uh. I'm gonna I'm gonna be working on a lot of hockey footage, and I don't want to see any more hockey. And I've had it with hockey. That's it. Hockey, 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 hockey. <laughs> Cal, final unload. Hey, happy Memorial Day to everybody. Oh, I should have said that. <laughs> oh, That's why I said it? <laughs> PJ, you went Paul in there. Oh, or Charles Wilson Riley. I had a follow up on the curmudgeon hockey uh, <laughs> follower. I don't want to watch hockey anymore. Oh, uh, and my my final unload since I I said everything about Memorial Day I could possibly say is uh, hey Mets eleven game homestand good start thanks a lot guys every time I want to believe in you you kill me uh, they're gonna lose tonight but that's okay they will go eight and two the rest of this homestand I'll check back next week I will bet my Met tattoo on it how's that. If they if they don't, I will get an only the mess tattoo. <laughs> oh, don't say that. <laughs> Have a great weekend, everybody. Be safe. Have a great time, boys. Uh, great job as always, and uh, check us out on iTunes. Check us out on iTunes. Search Ready to Unload in the iTunes Store uh, for the podcast. Thanks, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>